The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. Hey, Robbie, I got a question for you, and I love to throw you questions I don't prepare you for. How many weeks until the next boot camp? Wow. <laughs> mm. yeah, quite a few. But nine. It's about nine. Right? Yeah, it's about something like that. Yeah, eight or nine, but it's November 1st through 4th. There you go. Right, and we have we have room for you guys to come. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have it at the same place that we have it, but in a new location. We have new digs. We do. Yeah, with a lake view and everything. It's amazing. Yeah, so you need to go register at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. And I didn't even point this out to you, but when I was there last week, there were fish all over the surface of that lake. Sure. And I was like, man, this could be fly time. Mm -hmm. Darren, it could yeah, be. I think I officially caught my smallest fish ever. Like that. <laughs> That's because you haven't gone fishing with me, Sam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you know, I can take you where you catch fish that when you go to set the hook, it becomes a back cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it, but it's a great lake. I caught some good fish there as well. So, maskandjourneyradio.org and go register now. I'm excited about this show today, I really am. Yeah, that's what I want to say. I'm excited about the show today. What, with your mouth, you're telling us. I am, you know, and, and what I'm excited about is um, everybody can relate to this in their life. I'm quite sure mm -hmm. that every single person out there can relate to what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about the power of the tongue, right? And the power that it has to give life, right? To speak praise into people's lives and the power to destroy. Because mm -hmm. that's in reality what it does. And, and a little bit later, I ask one of you guys to read the, the passage from James, you know, that really talks about that pretty well. But we're going to be um, using one movie, which we don't normally do. Normally, we use clips from different movies. But Darren, can you tell us a little bit about the movie that we're going to be using the clips from? Yeah. So when Sam sent out, uh, you know, the topic and, and asked uh, to look at clips, I just, I kind of had a couple that came to mind and, and thought about it and prayed about it a little bit. And really, there were so many things coming to mind, but um, what ended up uh, there was the movie The King's Speech. And uh, to, to set up the whole movie, if you've never seen The King's Speech, um, I think the phrase is, what are you waiting on? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's a great movie. It's historical uh, about King George VI um, becoming a king, and yet he doesn't really want to be the king. He's hoping his brother David's going to be the king. And one of the reasons he's hoping David's going to be the king and grow up, quite frankly, is because he stutters. The reason he stutters is because he grew up with King George V as a father who was a very, very hard man to please. And before George would even get a word out as a kid, he was Prince Albert was his his, Albert was his given name um, when he was wasn't a kid. Wasn't he in a can? He wasn't a can. <laughs> <laughs> Prince Albert was in a can, yes. Um, <laughs> no, I never let him and out of the they wouldn't let him out, and that's why he started stuttering. Um, no, it, sorry. not making a joke about okay. stuttering. No, but no, no, no. I'm sorry, sorry. Anyway, that whole issue, um, when you look at the history of it, 
is basically King George V is pretty much the reason that King George VI stuttered. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a story about really bad fathering, although that doesn't make it into the movie and except in tiny little glips and pieces. And then a story of wonderful fathering by this man who becomes his friend, Lionel Loke, um, and uh, helps him learn to be able to speak into one of these, what they called wireless, uh, that was in the first days of radio, and there there weren't the opportunities to tape anything, so it was live. And uh, you were talking about the power of the tongue, and as I, I've not sat in this particular spot in a long time, and I was looking at this, and this kind of looks like a black licorice snow cone, <laughs> speaking of the power of the tongue, and I don't like black licorice, and so I would be scared of this if, if it were me. But anyway, so that's the, the movie setup, is that George is really struggling uh, with becoming king. And we're going to have uh, some clips. Mainly, most of the clips are going to be with this good fathering figure, yeah. but also one that's not so pleasant. Um, but before we get to that, Jim, can you go through the, the passage in James for us that you know, really kind of speaks to this? Speaks to it. The tongue. Uh, James 3.3 3 is where I'm going to start. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so they obey us, we direct their whole bodies and consider ships. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest, and the tongue is a fire. And we're going to let it go there. We are. Uh, Talk about the fire. Get you yeah. fired up right there. Hey, Darren, can you set up this clip real quick about what we're going to listen to? This is with uh, the uh, future king and Lionel. Yeah, so uh, Lionel is is hired by the king and his wife, actually, to help him get through the process of doing speeches on the radio um, and in public. And so uh, Lionel is getting ready to uh, – they've made a bet with each other, a shilling or a bob, you'll hear in the clip – that Lionel can help the king read something without stuttering. And uh, he has very unorthodox ways, one of which is to put headphones on you while you're listening to music. I'm going to record your voice and then play it back to you on the same machine. This is brilliant. It's the latest thing from America. It's a silver tone. Pop these on. There's a bob in this, mate. You could go home, Rich. So how can I hear what I'm saying? Well, surely a prince's brain knows what its mouth's doing. You're not well acquainted with all princes, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know how people can speak English and I don't understand it. That's really what confuses me, but it's a quite funny clip. You know, he's talking about, hey, you can get a bob and go home rich. Yeah. You know, to the richest man in the land probably at that yeah. time. But, you know, it's a, it's a very good setup to this whole thing of this relationship. And because he takes this king way out of his comfort zone, or this prince, way out of his comfort zone to help him find some real life. And it's really pretty cool. And I know, you know, we all have stories about where people have uh, been on both sides of the equation, lifting us up and tearing us down. But I wanted to go to the other clip um, pretty quickly. And this is the father. And this is on Christmas, if I remember right, Darren. That he's yeah, it's right after a Christmas message where the father, King George the Sixth, has uh, our King George the Fifth, has done this address 
one of the first in history on radio to uh, the nation and bless them with this message on Christmas. And so he's now telling his son, who he's afraid might have to be king someday, that he needs to give it a try. And so he's trying to coach him through it. Sit up, straight back, face boldly up to the bloody thing and stare it square in the eye as would any decent Englishman. Shows in command. Papa, I don't think I can read this. This devilish device will change everything if you don't. In the past, all a king had to do was look respectable in uniform and not fall off his horse. Now we must invade people's homes and ingratiate ourselves with them. This family has been reduced to those lowest basis of all creatures. We've become actors. When I'm dead, that boy will ruin himself, this family and this nation within 12 months. Who'll pick up the pieces? Hmm? Herr Hitler intimidating half of Europe, Marshal Stalin the other half. Who will stand between us the jackboots and the proletarian abyss. You? Well, with your older brother shirking his duties, you're going to have to do a lot more of this. Have a go yourself. Through them. Wireless. Get it out, boy. One of the marvels of modern. Just take your time. Form your words carefully. Science. I am enabled. Relax. <laughs> Just try it. This Christmas Day, to speak to all my You know, and I think one thing to kind of point out, in this way, I think the dad was trying to be helpful, right? I mean, I don't think he had a heart to really want to hurt his son, but, you know, the, what was the net result of that? And in listening to that, there's there's no doubt, Jim, that, I mean, that had to just kill this person. What I hear, relax, yelled at me like that. That's the last thing <laughs> in the world I'm going to do. And, yeah, I think he's oblivious to the... He's trying to bring up a king, basically, and he's doing it probably the way he was brought up, which often is where those wounds come from. Absolutely. But, you know, you can see that, you know, the power of those words, especially from somebody that you want to get affirmation from, you know, you really do want to get that from your parent or you want to get it from a coach or somebody, you know, a boss, you know, those types of things. And and when you get instead what this uh, other person thinks is helpful is anything but helpful and it can be pretty brutal i know we all have some stories where that's happened to us and honestly we probably have some stories where we were the person doing that right because we can all do it you know james talks about a little bit later in there that you know we use the same tongue to praise and the same tongue to curse right and so just understanding the power that we have you know especially if we walk with god through it is to to use that tongue to its wisest potential now, Robbie, I am dying to hear your story right after this break. <laughs> we have a first ever on our show, I think. Before the before we came in, we always meet before to talk about the show. And Robbie had a story to share, and we just wouldn't let him share it because we wanted to hear it. 
And so we're getting ready to go into break, but man, you cannot turn off the radio. You're going to have to come back and hear the story because I'm excited, Robbie, to really hear this story. And paper plates and ribbons. Yeah, I mean, just the title alone. Yeah. It, right. it has to be good or this show is going to collapse. It's yeah. actually the, the, the good power of the tongue. Yeah, and if it's not, we'll just not, you'll never hear this air the show the show. So it'll be good. No pressure, Robbie. You know, power of the tongue. Just I'm re- relaxed. I'm relaxed. relaxed, Robbie. <laughs> so remind you guys, we do have a boot camp coming up November 1st through 4th. If you haven't been, it's an amazing experience. You know, God does some just incredible things, you know, while you're there. And he just always seems to... He does. He just meets you where you need to be met at the boot camp. Now, Robbie, you've been to how many? Wow, I don't even 15. 18? Yeah, see, I'm throwing you all these questions <laughs> I have an answer for today. But the point is that there you get to hear the power of God's tongue. Absolutely. And and, and he's the one that makes the difference, and, and, and the boot camp's designed to be able to hear that voice. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. God has set within each of us a masculine heart. Why? Why did he give you that heart? And what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? Come join Masculine Journey Radio for a boot camp, November the 1st through the 4th, based on John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And when might that be again? That's a great question, Tiny Jim. November the 1st through the 4th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Okay, now here's the whole truth of the story. I was listening to this song this weekend, and, you know, Don Henley, I love Don Henley and, and the stuff that he writes, or most of it anyway. And, uh, you know, I was just listening to that, and just God just brought to my mind these times where, you know, it wasn't sticks and stones that were hurting me. It was words that were breaking my heart. Yeah, and honestly, I, I had to cut that, and I, when I originally heard it, I couldn't understand the lyrics. Oh. And I had to look them up on donhenley.com. And what they actually say, it only takes a breath or two. Right. And then, I, oh, that hit me like a brick. Wow. In two breaths, you can let something fly that changes somebody's world. That, okay. So true confession time. I have spent most of my life trying to love people. I'm convinced the older and more crotchety that I get, the more I probably hate people. <laughs> Um, and, and so it's primarily when I'm in a car, however, um, I don't have to even be the driver really of the car. I could be the passenger. Um, but so we go on trips a good amount. Sheila and I do this weekend. We went to Augusta, Georgia. Uh, my son had a baby. Well, his wife had a baby actually. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that would have been a miraculous thing. But Anyway, my sixth grandchild, and uh, so we went down there, and we pulled out of their neighborhood, went to get gas, 
and it literally was probably two breaths we drove she was trying to save a, a dime and so she pulled into a Kroger to get gas which has 4,323 other people who are trying to buy socks groceries and gas <laughs> and I would pay a hundred dollars a gallon for gas if no one was at the pump because um, remember I hate people um, and so <laughs> it's especially in public and so literally we were pulling into the the thing and I'm already critiquing um, her choice of gas stop, um, her choice of the, driving through the parking lot a particular way instead of the way I would have gone to avoid the people who I hate. Um, and so it only took a breath or two. It really only took a breath or two and she stopped and she goes, okay, we're not even like off of their street yet and you're already being a jerk. So if you want to drive, and I was like, okay, you're right, you're right. Um, thankfully, she's tough and she can, you know, dish it back and, and call me out on it. But um, it doesn't take me very far to go to a bad place. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is the, the enemy's waiting, right? The enemy's waiting to take something and twist it and turn it. Right, you know, when we tell a young kid something like, you know, you, you never tell them they're stupid. I don't mean that. But you say something and they interpret as they're stupid, mm-hmm. you know, and it impacts them for their, their whole life. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm a, not going to share a lot of the story, but, you know, my sister used to tell me some things as a kid that I had nothing to say, just shut up, all these kinds of things. And it really impacted me for several years uh, to the point where I didn't want to speak in public. I didn't want to really speak up in the crowd. You know, I just really, truly believed from that young place in my heart that I had nothing important to say, you know, and God has went through the process of unbearing that, of taking that damage away, you know, and, and I think I'd said before, my sister was a fully grown woman at the time. She was 27 or something like that when I was five. And she was just like really, really horrible with me and just the impacts that that has, you know, and I look back, um, we're talking before the show, how the enemy can take something and twist it, even when you don't mean it. And my daughter, Rachel, um, she uh, ended up having ADD. I didn't know that at the time. And so when she was struggling in school, she was really smart, wouldn't turn in homework, things like that. And so we tried everything with her, absolutely everything with her, journals, all this stuff to try to get stuff back and forth. And finally, just one day I said, you know what? I'm just really disappointed in you. And I said, that disappoints me is what I said. That disappoints me. And she started bawling. And fortunately, she said something. She said, you think I'm a disappointment. I said, no, that's not what I said. I said, your behavior disappointed me. You're not a disappointment at all. You know, I love you. And fortunately, again, she said something or she would have just carried that, you know, her whole life. And, you know, that's where the enemy is going to take something, even if it's not meant anywhere in that context and blow it way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Context. Well, I had a situation like that as a, as a younger father. Um, my daughter was wearing some friends clothes clothes that i had not personally approved not that i had to approve everything or although my wife or i probably one did and i went to pick her up to take her to the dentist one day picked her up from school and she jumped in the car and i looked at her and said what where where did did you get that skirt and she said oh it's so-and-so's and i said well we've got to go home and change your clothes before you go to the dentist. And she was appalled. Why? It's cute. And I, in so many words, um, said, well, because it makes you look like a streetwalker. That's why. 
Mm-hmm. We're, we're going home. I'm not going to take you to the dentist. My daughter is not going to dress this way. Well, not understanding the power of those words. And you might be listening to go, whoa, I mean, you know, if that's the, you know, the truth hurts, so to speak. Sometimes the truth does hurt. Sometimes the truth doesn't need to be said that way either. Um, and so not realizing that other people who she cared about had recently said some very hurtful things to her. Um, she wore that kind of as a moniker for a period of time. And um, it wasn't until several years later that she, with a youth minister, sat down and said, do you remember when you said this? This is the power of that, and it hurt this bad. Um, and it, it started me down a road. Unfortunately, I still fall off of that road and get messed up on some back road every now and then. But, but it started me thinking, and then this message, quite frankly, has helped me more than anything to understand the power of what the person's heart needs not i'm angry i'm upset i'm inconvenienced how in the world could you blah you know all of those things that come to mind those aren't really important right now what's important is this person's heart and their soul and how i handle it is a is a direct reflection of the love of god oftentimes as a father you know People grow up looking at God the way that they look at their father often. And so if their father is a person who ridicules and demeans or says something crude, rude, and socially unacceptable, they may very well grow up thinking that's kind of the way God looks at them as well. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you made a point, Darren, you know, before we went on the show that we've all been on that side of the equation, right? And if you're out there listening today and you're saying, hey, you know, I'm just a horrible parent or I'm a horrible older sibling or whatever that is, that's not the truth of the situation. You know, that could have been yesterday's truth that you did some bad things, but that doesn't have to be today's truth. It doesn't have to be tomorrow's truth, right? There's still time to speak life and to speak love into people's hearts. Um, Robbie, I wanted to go to you because I got to get the story and I'm dying <laughs> to hear it. I was going to ask Jim something, but I want to go to okay. you because I got to hear it. You've been talking about it. All right. So I used to teach high school Sunday school class or what do you want to call it? Bible fellowship. And these kids were seniors in high school. And somehow or another, God just gave me this idea that I was going to do something called the Mutual Admiration Society. And for whatever reason, I took these paper plates and I put red ribbon on them and I was carrying them in the car. My kids saw that at the time. They were like, you know, 11 or 12. And they're like, Dad, there's no way high school seniors are going to put that around their neck. But the setup was this, that I took my paper plates with the red ribbons on them into the class. And I said, I want you to all to put these and so it hangs on your back. And I'm going to give everybody a pen and I want you to write on the back of that person what you admire most or how you see God in that person. What, what do they do that makes you realize that God's in them? And so they all just grabbed the pens and wrote like crazy and went all around the room and, and just had the best time actually for the entire hour. <laughs> and these paper plates were just absolutely full. And it was cool and it was wonderful, but I had no idea the impact that it had because several years later we had a reunion of that class. 
And we're all, you know, saying, well, you remember when you're in Seneca? And they were all like, well, what was your most favorite class of, of all the classes that we talked about God and blah, blah, blah. And, and some kid says, well, that was the paper plate class. I still have my paper plate. And the girl, oh, I still have my paper plate. And I still have my, and all these kids see words of affirmation. They had held onto those plates for years based on that's how little we get that stuff. Absolutely. And it's really cool that God knows how much we need it. You know, and even when we are at a place where we really can't hear him, he'll send people into our life to remind us. You know, they'll come in, they'll have a kind word, they'll say something to us that really just speaks to our heart. Now, the thing is, we need to learn to hold on to it. You know, I know, at least for me personally, I'm a lot better at holding on to the bad stuff that I am holding on to the good stuff. That's why you put it on a paper plate. That way you can serve it up. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to start I'm going to start wearing a paper plate, Robbie. They're going to do that. That is a perfect lead-in to what I sort of wanted to say most of all today. Uh, this is a group of men, and one of the things you said earlier was that, you know, when people say things about us, the people that can wound us much, most or build us up most are those we love and respect. And the group of men at the microphones here right now and in the studio are men I deeply respect. Now, we pick on each other. We say things that could hurt but don't because we know there's love there. But Robbie in particular has this amazing ability to call me at awful times and give me an encouraging word that I really needed at that moment. And if we can become that person to those that we care about, we can make a stunning difference in their lives. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that we're not going to mess up once in a while, right? Yeah. But it, it, it's just you know, the more deposits that I can put into that person versus the withdrawals I know I'm going to make. Yeah. You know, i got to keep that account on the healthy side. Oh, I've read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, the, I'm teaching on the tomorrow. love bank concept. That's great. Yeah, I'm teaching on it tomorrow. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to say really fast because we're closing out is God promised, Jesus promised to leave us the Holy Spirit, right? Don't worry about it. I'm going, but I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. One of the names for the Holy Spirit is the counselor. We've used that a lot. It's also the encourager. He didn't leave us a discourager <laughs> because we have plenty of those. Right. He left us an encourager who lives with you all the time. We must need some encouragement. We absolutely do. And that leads us into something I want to challenge you to this week. Go to God and ask him, God, what would you put on my paper plate? You know, what would you say about me? What things would you speak to my heart? And give him time to respond and just listen. And listen for the people he sends in your life that week to speak truth to you. Because he's wanting you to hear those things that he knows is true and your heart needs. Go to maskandjourneyradio.org to register for the boot camp in November, and we'll see you next week.